0: Hi, from the Salvation Army, you're listening to Words of Life. These are the words, these are the words, these are the words of life. These are the words, these are the words, these are
1: the words of life. We're nearing the end of our highlight series as we've been sharing the top five episodes of 2023 today is a really special one to us because there were so many pieces that had to fall in place to make this happen. We knew it was God's timing. This is from our series, Raised to Stay, which aired in July of last year. Author and pastor, Natalie Runyon, joined Bernie Dake to discuss those who have experienced church hurt and encourage the saints to not give up on the body of
2: Christ. Like, why would I do that? (laughs) Um seasons where I thought, why would you ask me to do all of this and sacrifice so much only to take it away? That the Lord was pulling me out of something to prepare me for something new and how I responded in that season mattered.
0: Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake and joined again this week by Natalie Runyon from Raised to Stay. Welcome, Natalie.
2: It's so good to be back. Week three.
0: Are we having fun yet?
2: Oh, I'm having a blast. Love Atlanta. It's so good to be here. It's warm. I appreciate.
0: (laughs) It really has been great to get to know you, and I hope our, our listeners have caught up with the episodes. If you haven't, of course, you can go back and listen or watch the previous ones. This week, we really want to talk about the opportunity you've had in ministry, which plays into the whole Raised to Stay ethos and the story behind it. So the question of the hour is, Why do you think you would have been called to this ministry only to have that opportunity removed? Let's talk through it.
2: Yeah, so in the previous episodes, I've talked about how worship was my gateway into ministry. Worship leadership, worship ministry. It was the thing, I think, after growing up in the church, going through my own family's church hurt— Um, worship was that thing the Lord used to kind of, I don't want to say entice or lure me back in, but it's what brought me back into the presence of God and reminded me that I loved the church. I loved the people. And in 2017, my family made this huge move from Cincinnati to Colorado Springs for me to be part of New Life Worship. And if you know anything about the worship world, uh, that's a pretty huge promotion. That's an opportunity that at 37 years old, I thought, God, you finally see me. You finally validate my gifts. All those years leading worship in, you know, nursing homes and for small groups and women's ministry and churches under a hundred, like I finally have arrived. Yeah. And I was so proud. I I was so excited to go into this new season. My husband and my girls, like they went willingly, which is yeah. rare, you know, <laughs> uh, for families to be in unity on that. And we get out there and it wasn't what I thought. And that's okay. I think we need to be able to confess when things aren't as good as uh, we thought they were going to be. And and that's part of church disappointment, Mm. which I think we need to acknowledge more of is when we're disappointed, maybe not hurt by the church, but we're disappointed by the church. And I spent two years in this new place. We didn't know anyone. We didn't come with any family um, that was waiting for us. It was literally us. And just the battling of back and forth and feeling like the Lord had bait and switched us like he had dangled this carrot out there. And it was in that season that I was moved involuntarily from worship ministry to women's ministry. And I'll never forget them saying, we just see this gift that you have. You're a teacher, you're a, a speaker. We wanna um, we want to bring that out in you. And whether that's true or not, I didn't want that. I remember yeah. them saying, do you wanna be a women's pastor? And I was like, no, why? I don't even like women. Like why would <laughs> I do that? Um, But it was one of those seasons where I thought, why would you ask me to do all of this and sacrifice so much only to take it away? Mm. And what I learned in that season was that my identity had been wrapped up in being a worship leader. And the Lord had to strip me of that identity to teach me that God's kids are not one trick ponies, Mm. that He gives us many tools in our tool belt. And there are different seasons where we have to pull on those tools. And He needed me to be a teacher and a preacher and a writer for what He was preparing me for, And the only way he could do that was to take me out of the comfort of my Cincinnati bubble, where I could have led worship for the rest of my life on a different corner of every church street and take me to Colorado where I knew nobody Yeah. and bring me to the end of myself so he could begin. Wow.
0: Let's go all the way back to the idea of church disappointment. So you were appointed in a sense from worship leader for a large congregation to a minister for a particular gender at the church, which you didn't love. I have to believe that you were given an opportunity for a reason. And uh, I like how you realize that maybe God's preparing you for a different season, which is where we are now. Natalie, so many people that I've talked to leading up to this interview have been encouraged by these little black boxes and the words that you're sharing with them in truth and in love. And I, for other people that are out there that are maybe in a similar season, I want to make sure that you understand, you know, we're not asking Natalie, it's not asking anyone to stay in a toxic world, but, um you know you definitely are always going to need to be in that prayer closet making sure that you you're discerning what God's will is for those moments. And uh, so when there is change it's it's something that feels right.
2: It's true and and Chris Vallington says something that I hold on to a lot and he said that suspicion is just discernment masked by fear. Hmm. And when we've been hurt before or we're expecting to be hurt or you know, we have a little trepidation going in. We can oftentimes operate out of suspicion so that when somebody does come to us and say, hey, I see this thing in you that I'd like to draw out, rather than like using our discernment to say, okay, is God using this to shape me, mold me, change me, challenge me? Or is this person really trying to like take something from me and hurt me? We have to be able to operate in the discernment to distinguish the differences. And when we're suspicious, a lot of times it's because we're fearful and and rightfully so for a lot of people who have been hurt to come in feeling that suspicion. I've learned in this season that God will use people to move us where He wants us to go. Being able to decide, am I being discerning or suspicious is huge.
0: Yeah.
1: When disaster strikes, the Salvation Army is there to serve. From hot meals in a canteen to emotional and spiritual care and support, our volunteers are on the ground in their communities and across the nation. We are there moments after disaster strikes and long after the storm clouds have cleared. Our mission is not only to serve in the immediate wake of tragedy, but to furnish individuals with the tools, resources, and support to build lasting recovery. Volunteers play a crucial role in disaster response efforts by offering critical aid to those who may have lost everything. If you're interested in becoming a credentialed volunteer for the Salvation Army, visit disaster.salvationarmyusa.org.
0: Okay, Natalie, here's the scenario. So someone in a situation similar to yours finds themselves without that ministry they thought they were called to. What's the next move? How do we respond? What, what would Natalie do in this case?
2: It was hard for us because my husband and I had to make the decision in that moment, do we stay or do we move back to Ohio where I can do what I want to do?
0: And get chilly.
2: And get chilly yeah. and eat good. And the, the, the choice was obvious once we started praying and fasting was, we have to figure out why God brought us here. And if we quit, we're never going to actually find that out. So for me, my office got moved. And it was far away from all of my friends. It was down a dark hallway where the only reason people would stop to talk to me is because the bathroom was on the way there. (laughs) I felt so left behind. I felt forgotten. I felt like this platform I had was suddenly silenced. And what I learned in that time was that what felt like exile was actually an exodus Mm -hmm. That the Lord was pulling me out of something to prepare me for something new and how I responded in that season mattered. And I think for listeners, you have to know that resting is not quitting. And you might feel like you're tucked back somewhere where nobody sees you and you've been forgotten and your calling has been muted, but God is actually setting you up for something that could look totally different (laughs) than what you signed up for to begin with. And we have to remember that our first choice isn't always God's best. Mm. And that He will take us from what we think is our promised land and show us that it was just the tip of the iceberg, that He has so much better for us if we're willing to surrender to Him. And I I had tantrums. I will be honest with you. My journals are pretty messy from that season Mm. of telling God how mad I was at Him. But here's the thing, guys, God can handle it.
0: Yeah, man. I believe that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You had imagined that this was a rival, you know, being given this platform for the opportunity to lead a much bigger congregation. But um, God had something better in store.
2: And it was never for me about being famous or making the next big worship album. It was about being part of something. Mm. And I think a lot of us, who have been hurt by the church, a lot of our hurt is coming from a deep agony of loss, not anger. We know that anger is a secondary emotion. So we come at, you know, the church mad because the church hurt me. And what I've realized is that the church didn't hurt me. I was just very deeply disappointed. And it made me so sad that I was no longer part Mm And we all want to be part of something. And when we feel that's been taken from us, it's a grieve. It's a, it's a grief that cannot be explained.
0: Yeah. You know, the idea of church as an institution is hard. I, I don't think many people love institutional living in a sense, especially after you've had some freedom as an adult. But the church is made up of humans. It's us. It's people that we are the body of Christ. Uh, denominations will not matter when we get to heaven. Platforms will not matter when we get to heaven. Specific ministries aren't gonna matter. We will be worshiping for the rest of our days and that will matter. But to get there, we've gotta be in a place of surrender. I'm always drawn to 2 Corinthians 12 where uh, Paul again talks about begging God to remove this thorn in his side. He did that three times and finally he heard the Lord say, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength, the the Lord's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Natalie, what I think I'm hearing you say is you had to come to a place of surrender so that you could be equipped for the next phase of this battle for you, next phase of opportunity for you. And I am encouraged. I am one of the stayers because of you Mm. and the Lord in you. And that's pretty awesome.
2: It's humbling when we think that the Lord will use us at our lowest moment to reveal his strength. Because people want an algorithm. They want to know how mm. how to raise this day become what it is. And it was laying on my office floor, having a tantrum and telling God that I felt like he bait and switched me. Mm. It was being honest, like Job and saying, Why, why have you forsaken me? Why have you yeah. taken everything? Spiritual children, spiritual, you know, gifts, whatever that looks like. And, you know, I think we get influence and authority confused. Mm. Um, and visibility is not influence. Visibility is not authority. Sometimes the greatest impact we'll have on the kingdom is in those surrendered moments when we're on our knees and we're just asking God to remind us why he made us. Mm. Um, and that's where I have found the Lord has given me most authority in the kingdom has been in those moments when I could have quit and I didn't Mm. because Philippians 1-6, he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it to the very end, even in our weakest moments.
0: Yeah. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to The Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. You can subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. Join us next time for The Salvation Army's Words of Life.